Welcome to the Freedom House Movement Podcast. In today's episode, Laurie-Ann will be teaching about encountering the Father's love and living victoriously in your identity. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Today I want to talk to you about something that's so important to me. It's a core value in my life, and that is believing that I am who God says I am. I've been thinking a lot on it and thinking about what it looks like on a day-to-day basis when the world is presenting offense or accusation or you're feeling confused or discouraged. What does it look like to put into practice believing the truth that we are who God says we are? Today, I want to read you a story and give you a tool that I believe Holy Spirit has given us to walk into wholeness and security of who we are. I believe you'll see how Jesus walks out for us and illustrates a principle of victorious living. My prayer today is that you would take hold of returning to love and that you would be unshaken in your identity even when you're faced with accusation. So if you're reading with me today, turn to John 10. To set this up, they are at the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and the Jews are gathered around Jesus. They begin to accuse him and question him, accusing him of who he is and mostly who he isn't, and they're preparing to stone him. So pick up in verse 24. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. I and the Father are one. I love here that Jesus doesn't respond in offense. He responds with truth, and he's anchored in identity. He responds with who he is. They accuse him, and he says, The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. I and the Father are one. He's hiding himself in the Father here by explaining that he is one with the Father. Did you know that you too are also hidden in Christ? It says in Colossians, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Another version says, You have died, and your life has been safely guarded by the Messiah in God. Hidden means that when God looks at us, he sees us through the filter of what Jesus paid for. He sees us at our full value. He sees the full price of what Jesus paid, and he sees us fully redeemed. He sees us worthy, forgiven, redeemed, and made new. Jesus paid the price for us to also be in unhindered unity with the Father so that we could stand in the face of accusation and say, I'm hidden in Christ. Hiding yourself in him is actively seeing yourself united with the Father, knowing that your ransom is fully paid, there's nothing to earn, It's a place of rest, and it's a place of security, so that when offense or rejection is before you, you know that you can stand in unity with the Father and get what His perspective is over the situation. You stand covered, protected, and grounded, which I believe is exactly what Jesus is doing here in hiding Himself in the Father. It also allows us to stay in hope, knowing that we're grafted into Jesus, We can be powerful in confronting lies or speaking truth while being fully hidden in He is. We are hidden in protection. He is our shield. It's a covering and it's not denial. I think what we see here is that Jesus faces accusation and He stands firm in who He is, pointing to the Father. He's not defensive and He's not deflecting. He's simply reflecting 
who the Father is and who the Father has spoken that he is. And the truth is that he is one with the Father. Jesus responds to accusation with identity. I think that is so powerful. Sometimes we just need to tell our situation who we are and whose we are. We need to look in the face of our situation and remember that we are a fully bought bride of Christ, that we are a son or a daughter of God, that we are fully protected, fully covered. So picking back up in verse 31. Again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. And then Jesus answers them again. Again with accusation, he answers with identity. And he says in verse 36, What about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said I am God's son? Do not believe me unless I do what the Father does. But if I do it, even though you do not believe me, believe the miracles that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. And again they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. So, why did Jesus go to the Jordan? I remember reading this and getting so much about being hidden in Christ and getting so much. And I remember the Holy Spirit. I remember me thinking, there's there's something more, there's something more. And I remember asking the Holy Spirit, why did he go to the Jordan? Why didn't he say all these things to him? Why didn't we get to see how that played out? And the Holy Spirit said, because he had a better way of responding. He said, Jesus returned to remember. So then I read the baptism of Jesus again. It's one of my favorite stories. I'm going to read you a short account of it in Mark, Mark 1. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. So in this picture, we see the baptism of Jesus. We see him coming up out of the water, out of the water, the dove coming from heaven and landing on him. The Holy Spirit here lands on Jesus as the Father announces his identity as beloved Son. The Holy Spirit always rests on spoken identity. Of course, Jesus believed that he was the Son of God. He knew that from the beginning of time. But when I first read this, I wondered, how does this apply to me? And the Holy Spirit said, Ask me how you can believe. It's not striving. I have a gift for you. So how do we agree with the truth of who God says we are? Well, the truth is the Holy Spirit enables us to see ourselves for who we are. In Romans, it says we didn't receive the spirit of religious duty, but we received a spirit of full acceptance that has enfolded us into the family of God. And that the Holy Spirit rises up within us joining in him saying the tender words of affection, beloved father. And then the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. So the Holy Spirit comes to enable us to see ourselves for who we are. 
So what is Jesus showing us here by returning to the Jordan? I believe this is a huge tool in walking victoriously. In the face of rejection, or maybe it's accusation for you, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's offense, whatever it is, we can see how Jesus modeled this. In the face of accusation, he responded by hiding himself to the Father, anchored in who he was, and he made a choice to repent, which means to turn away, and to remember the truth of who God said he was. He models victorious living and connection to heaven by returning to remember who the Father said he was. The Jews accused him of blasphemy, saying he wasn't one with God or that he wasn't the Son of God. And then he went to the very place to hear the Father speaking, You are my beloved Son. There's a couple things I think we need to pull out of here. What it's telling us here is that there is an exchange of truth for a lie. That God has a response of truth to every lie and every accusation. And receiving his truth is us fulfilling our purpose of being loved. It's worship because it's unity with him. It's not being self-focused, it's being God-focused. God wants us to give him accusation, to turn away from that, and to let him replace that with his truth. He's always looking for an exchange. It's his design. It's grace. In every situation, you can trust God to be himself. You know who God says the Bible is? How he introduces himself? He says that he is love. And he's always going to respond in love. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're facing something that is not love, God is looking to make an exchange, to give you a higher revelation, a higher truth, to make an exchange, to take that lie and to replace it with truth. His nature is always in pursuit of us. In the face of fear, he's speaking the opposite. So if it's fear, he's speaking love. In accusation, he's speaking identity. In worry, he's speaking peace. In doubt, he's speaking and enabling faith. He's moving towards us in love and in the opposite direction of what's coming against us. And I believe that's what Jesus modeled here for us. When God spoke that you are my son, he didn't just take away the accusation. He replaced it with truth and with power because that is who he is. The spoken word of God is life and it has the power for its own fulfillment to change our situations. He spoke us into existence. Every time God speaks, he creates. So if he is speaking love as your truth, then he is creating more love than was previously in your situation. If he is speaking acceptance, then he's creating you to more acceptance to step into. He's changing your circumstance by speaking, and we just get to listen and receive. And maybe you're listening and you're thinking, I don't hear God speak. I'd love to just dispel that myth for you. You know, if you're a believer, you hear God speak because it's the same thing that happened when you heard him speak and invite you to accept him, to take on new life, when you were saved, you heard God speak, and he is always speaking. For some of us, that looks like thoughts in our mind that we know to be the nature of God. You might feel him, you might sense him, you might have a vision, but you hear God speak, and it's a beautiful thing. 
you know, confusion, shame, offense, all of that flees in the presence of the Father speaking identity. Victorious living in identity looks like unity in the Father, hidden in Jesus, who's one with God. Then we get to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to believe and respond to who He says we are. This truth that you are who God says you are overrides every false reality in your life. I believe that God is always inviting us to return and to remember. I used to think that the goal of Christianity, the goal of being mature, reading my Bible enough, doing all those religious things, that the goal of maturity was to get to this point where I didn't have to need so much help, where I had it all figured out and I didn't need to be in process or to be reminded. I would just be so ingrained with truth that... I didn't need to be refreshed. And then life happened, and it just didn't come out that way. And God revealed such a sweet truth to me. He reminded me of me being created and you being created for relationship, that we're supposed to be in continual relationship with Him, returning to love and connection, that that's what intimacy is. If the Son of God left a situation, turned away from a lie, and returned to be loved by the Father, to be spoken into by the Father, to be refreshed, then that's really powerful. And I believe God's always inviting us into refreshment. It turns out what I've learned is that maturity looks like dependence, total dependence, learning to stay in connection and unity with the Father, to let ourselves be refreshed and renewed, and really to be transformed by His love. So what does this all look like practically? I realize we can't all every day go to the Jordan and be baptized, but I believe it's always an invitation into our spirit to be refreshed, to be to go into the water and come out refreshed and renewed and transformed by truth and by the spoken word of God overriding our circumstances. Practically what it looks like is that when we're faced with accusation, and I'm saying accusation here because that's what the story is, but I think sometimes it's confusion. It might be depression. It might be rejection. Anything that you're facing that doesn't line up with the truth of who God says you are. We hide ourselves in Him. We live in grace for both ourselves and anyone else involved in the situation. When we begin to see ourselves hidden in Him through the filter of everything that Jesus has paid for, offense can't grab on grab onto that. It evens a playing field because we begin to see ourselves and see other people as God sees them. It enables a new perspective. Sometimes we need to forgive another person if they're involved, if they've spoken words over us, if they've accused us, if they've rejected us. But we need to remember here that the people are never really the issue. The lie the enemy wants you to believe about who you are to separate you from the love of the Father is always the issue. Release the person and release yourself to return to love. Then we get to choose not to agree with the lie. When I hear a lie come in, when I recognize a lie come in, for me it feels a little bit just like, oh, wait a minute, that didn't feel good. I make a choice not to agree with the lie. Sometimes I just say out loud, mind, don't receive it. Or I might say, I do not receive that. Say it out loud if you need to. You're allowing your mind to be transformed and you have to stop that thought. You have to take that thought captive is what the Bible says. Now Jesus in his situation literally left 
Obviously, that's not practical, but I do believe it's symbolic for us to actively make a choice to not go there in our minds, to not let that lie take root or not go there with self-accusation by believing the lie or empowering the lie. We simply turn away. Sometimes we just need to stop the train. I tend to, and maybe some of you guys do that too, create a dialogue in my head of what other people are thinking. And I begin to accuse myself. And all of a sudden I've created a situation in my head that hasn't even happened. So I'm learning and I'm in process to stop the train. (laughs) Stop that train of dialogue and of accusation and say, no, I'm turning away from that. God, what are you saying? What are you saying? I turn my total dependence and attention onto him. And I return to remember. I allow God to make an exchange and to receive the truth. I hear what he says. I remember what he has spoken and I agree with it. You can do the same. We can, If you need help here, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He told us that his job was to help us believe the truth, to make God's fatherhood real to us, to let give us a response so that we can agree with what God is saying. And then keep on keeping on. I was laughing thinking about this earlier, and I had this um, thought in my head of my kids learning how to put out a fire, and I remember my oldest singing a song about stop, drop, and roll. So this, in some ways, in some situations, it's like that. Stop the thought. Drop in prayer. You don't literally have to drop to your knees, but if it helps you remember it. (laughs) Or drop into the river, you know, and roll on. Get that new thought from God. Exchange that lie and get the truth. Let it empower you and keep going. Today, I feel like the Holy Spirit is by faith calling you back into the Jordan to turn away from any untruth about who you are and to return to the place in your heart where you said yes to new life, to coming out of that water, to by faith stand in the Jordan, come out of the water refreshed and renewed, transformed by love and by truth. Sometimes in my life it's been really powerful to go back and remember what he originally said when he calls you to a new season, when he calls you to a situation and you know that his heart is for you to to be victorious and you're not seeing victory, go back to that place in your heart and remember what he spoke. Let the spoken words of God refresh you and renew you. Sometimes you find yourself in a new place and you need a freshly spoken word of God. That's the beautiful thing about God is that he operates outside of time. So what he has spoken is true. What he will speak is true, and what he is currently speaking is true. You can access him in whatever way you need him, but you need to learn and hear what the Father is speaking. Hear what he has spoken over you and what he is speaking to refresh and restore you. Remember what he said and agree with him. It's powerful and it'll change your life. So today I'd love to pray for you. I just release you today to turn away, to turn away from anything that isn't true about who you are, anything you're believing, anything you've let take root today, that you would let his truth wash over you like water and you remembered and you would remember who you are and whose you are. 
Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come in greater measure and that you would reveal to us any untruths that we're believing about who we are. I ask that you would reveal any areas we need to give you so that we can return to love and stay grounded in identity. That you would give us your perspective. And now if the Holy Spirit is bringing something up or you know you've been believing something or facing something, I want you to actively give that thing back to him. I want you to say, God, I give you this accusation. I hand it to you. It wasn't meant for me to carry. What do you want to give me in exchange? You might want to say, accusation, you're not my friend. I break agreement with you. I believe God is giving us today the spirit of acceptance. So spirit of acceptance, we receive you. And just begin to thank God for who he says you are. Thank you, God, that you've chosen us and you have not rejected us today. Whatever your truth is, thank him for it. Receive it fully. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your innermost being and let that truth rise up and change your entire world today. Everything is possible because of love of God. He's coming in and he's speaking truth and he's changing your situation. He's overriding every unbelief with love right now in Jesus' name. Remember that he has called you his, that you are set apart. You are God's special possession, that no circumstance is a greater reality than his nature. His nature is love and peace and joy. And he has set you on a path of peace. He's chosen you. He's seated you in heavenly places alongside Jesus. He's created you to be loved and to walk with him. And you have been given the spirit that reminds you who you are and that you are fully accepted. Bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.